So in, in the core, core, core value that we give to our users, so you can have 10 users or, or, or a million users, in the core of moving money around, it's the same. What isn't the same, sequence is build of rules. And the rule can be once a month or, or once a week, every Wednesday, go and inquire the balance of my rainy day fund. If it has less than $1,500, because that's what I need for a rainy day, top it up to $1,500. Making sure that you always know what is the exact balance in real time to be able to pull it, store it, present it, that is something that requires a lot of, of work on the back end. My name is Gilad Uzieli, and I am the CEO and co-founder of Sequence. This is Code Story, a podcast bringing you interviews with tech visionaries. Like six months moonlighting. There's nothing on the back end. Who share what it takes to change an industry. I don't exactly know what to do next. took many goes to get right. Who built the teams that have their back. Our company is its people. The teams help each other achieve. Most proud of our team. Keeping scalability top of mind. All that infrastructure was a Yes, we've been fighting it as we grow. Total waste of time. The stories you don't read in the headlines. It's not an easy thing to achieve, Mark. Took it off the shelf and dusted it off and tried to begin. To ride the ups and downs of the startup life. You need to really it's want it. Not just about technology. All this and more on Code Story. I'm your host, Noah Laphart, and today, Hokilad Utieli built the financial router for your income so you can supercharge your money flow. This episode is supported by Terso. Terso is the open source edge database from the creators of LibSQL. Do you put your edge computing close to your users? You should put your data there too. Terso makes this easy utilizing the developer experience of SQLite. Access a free starter plan at terso.tech slash codestory. Terso, welcome to the Data Edge. This episode is brought to you by our friends at MemberStack. MemberStack is the fastest way for you to launch a beautiful Webflow MVP with robust authentication and smooth payments integration. Join companies like Slack and American Airlines in serving millions of members every single day. Get started for free by visiting memberstack.com slash codestory. Gilad Uzieli is married with two daughters. He told me he met his wife on a taxi in Thailand, but that story was for a different podcast. He has always been an entrepreneur along with his wife. They've built two small hotels in Italy where his wife is from. Outside of tech and these things, he lives by the beach in Tel Aviv and loves to surf. Recently, Gilad and his team built a product called Lance. You might remember his co-founder, Una, from season five. This was a neobank for the self-employed, which was built on the idea of stacks. When they figured out they needed to pivot, they moved towards focusing on financial money routing. This is the creation story of Sequence. Sequence is a financial router. And what, what we actually do is we allow people to programmatically manage all their finances. We have them move money from one place to the other, uh, and we help them do it through if this, then that scenarios. What we are seeing today is that, you know, like there's a huge gap, a huge and increasing gap between people. And when I say people, I mean consumers and small business owners in all the different places in which their money lives. I mean, not so long ago, you would go into a bank and you had everything done for you in the bank. Stocks, bonds, checking, savings, credit cards, debit cards, everything, everything, you know, was done 
in the bank. Today, that's obviously not the case. We have so many different companies and services that are doing a specific piece of our financial lives very, very well. Robinhood, Acorn, you know, there are many, many examples. And the gap between the people and all those places and all, and all the places where people's money actually live is growing. So to follow the money in all those places is hard. To manage it it's, is even harder. And to optimize it, it's almost impossible. And that's the pain that we are solving for with Sequence. The first product that we built was a new bank built for the self-employed called Lance. And what we did with Lance, we completely changed the way a bank account looked like. We didn't do checking and savings, but we did what we called stacks. Technically, each stack was a sub-account. It acted more as an app for your money. So the account looked a bit like, like an app store for money. So an example of a stack can be that every time that the freelancer got paid, we automatically calculated, saved, and paid the taxes directly to the IRS. There was a stack for payroll, so we pushed payroll to their personal bank accounts. We helped them save either towards retirement or either towards a business goal, like you needed a new MacBook, whatever. And so we built this closed ecosystem that between those sub-accounts or those stacks, there was a relationship and automation. What didn't grow fast enough was, was the actual revenue. And as we all know, the market started to shift in terms of fundraising. Companies were not compensated based on just growth in users. And we understood that we had to, that we had to pivot. The root, of, or the root cause of having to pivot away from the neobank model was the fact that we tried to build a finance company using embedded finance tools. We aren't really, really a bank. We have a custodial bank. And what it leads to is to the fact that you get all the downside being like a financial institution, chargebacks, fraud, you know, and a lot of like CAC kept going up. And on the other hand, you couldn't really make money like, like a real bank. So you couldn't lend against your balance sheet and it just didn't add up. So it was, yeah, seven, seven months ago, eight months ago, something like that. And understanding that, we started thinking, what can we do? We bought like many ideas, all of them in fintech because that's what we understand and that's what we like. So we thought about going up market and building a bank that was geared towards bigger businesses. Uh, we thought about uh, going after like very specific segments, like people that spend a lot on their debit cards. But in the end of the day, we understood that we can't bring real innovation there. So we look for an idea that can, that can really put us in a place in which we will, we will be able to really innovate. Because what happened with Lance, we build business bank account. And we thought that because we had all the, you know, all the like uh, stacks and building it specifically for well-defined type of, of consumer, it will be enough. But it wasn't because in the end of the day, people always put us in the back, in the bucket of a bank account. People came to us when they needed to open a bank account. And even though we built something that was unique, people were not willing to pay for it because it was always in the bucket of something that they're used to get for free. So what we did, Tom, uh, my co-founder, led a very well-structured, organized research project. We started with our very best users at Lens, and we asked them, we just came to them and asked them, why are you here? Why do you love us? And then, and then something pretty cool happened. Many of them, like the vast majority, told us what we really love is the like, if this, then that experience for money within the disclosed ecosystem of Lens. Somebody even told me this is like Zapier for money. And what they asked for, they told us this is awesome, but we want to have it for all of our money. I want to be able to connect my 401k, my credit cards, my debit cards, my crypto, my, you know, everything. I want to connect, to connect everything. And then we said, okay, that's interesting. Let's go and talk to people who are not self-employed 
and never heard of Lance. And let's see what they will say. They started sending our way their money maps. So they will have this drawing. There's always a spreadsheet attached to it and five to 10 hours every month moving money around, right? Going, seeing, checking and doing it manually. And then we said, okay, that if this, then that, or programming for money on top of a map, that's something we can productize. We very quickly created like a couple of landing pages. We called it Money Route. And we told people, this is what we are thinking of building. It m- maybe it will be ready in three months. If you want in, if you want to get early access, pay $200 now. I was sure that nobody's going to pay. You know, $200 is like a lot of money, right? Like people, it's not like five bucks. And I was very happy to be wrong because in five days, 100 people paid $200 and we got to conviction. We said, okay, we have 100 people. It's like, you know, all of them will be like awesome design partners. Let's build it with them. But what these guys did was even more special because they started a Discord server for us. I, was, I, was, I wasn't on Discord before that. And they started talking about us already. So we had people knocking on the door and telling us, give us the $200 lifetime deal. And we were like, no, that, we are not giving $200 lifetime deals anymore. Do you want to pay subscription? And they said yes. And we actually had a few subscribers paying subscription before the product was ready. Let's dive into the MVP of Sequence then. So you, you kind of touched on it a bit while we, while we were talking, but let's dive into it. How long did it take you to build specifically and what sort of tools did you use to bring it to life? First and foremost, when you, when you are in fintech, MVP can't really be like minimum, minimum, minimum. Even the minimum viable product, we are regulated, right? We are regulated and we are happy to be regulated because it's one of the most important things people have, their money. So it can't, it can't be like super minimal. It needs to be more viable <laughs> than minimal, I think. Luckily for us, we have a lot of experience from Lance. So we knew exactly what needed. And we really improved the infrastructure for sequence. We are using like better ACH rails uh, and we've, we've built a bunch of things just better. We are using a company, which I'm a big, big fan of, called Unit. And they're basically the banking as a service. We use them to actually connect to our custodial bank and to actually be, you know, be compliant. What they do, they do very, very well. So I'm a fan of Unit. Okay, so in in building that, you had to make certain decisions and trade-offs, right? Even even in you know pivoting from Lance and then having sort of some of these things learned already. So, but you had still had to make decisions and trade-offs around you know short-term product, perhaps. But I hear you that an MVP in fintech can't be short-term in nature. But tell me about some of those decisions and trade-offs and how you coped with them. It's, it started as letting go, you know, like, um, like, you know, like not doing something, but it ended up being something very important. I think that's actually a good lesson for everybody like building in early stage. One of, one of the first things that we said is like, and again and again, optimizing for conviction. And here we're also optimizing for the best feedback possible. So we said, nobody's going to use this product for free. Everybody who wants to use this product needs to pay a subscription. Nobody's on the platform for free. But then we started thinking about all the tiering, what are the different tiers, what people would want, and all that. It became really complicated to, to build the tiering and the pricing. So what we did, we just, and again, for the sake of moving as fast as possible, we opened the entire product and we, and we gave everybody to pay the lowest tier. It was a trade-off in the beginning, right? But it became super important for us because it really helped us to understand what are the unique things within the product that our users perceive as valuable. And it really helped us three or four months in to really be able to connect the value to the pricing and to the different deals. This episode is encrypted by Cypherstash. Data breaches are becoming a fact of life. Know why? 
One of the reasons is because developers lack the right tooling to get the job done, i.e. encryption at rest tools are complex and inadequate. The solution? Encryption in use with Cypherstash. Cypherstash uses searchable encryption in use technology, providing continuous and universal protection for sensitive data. With Cypherstash, you can turn your existing database into a vault, utilizing zero-trust key management, SQL native, and with no code. Though encryption is complicated, Cypherstash is easy to use. The tool fully supports SQL via a drop-in driver replacement, supporting the query types you know and love today. And did we mention it's fast? For queries over 100 million records, you can expect additional overhead of less than one millisecond. It's a no-brainer. Get started by reviewing their docs or downloading sample projects in Rails or Node plus SQLize today. Visit cypherstash.com slash codestory and get started protecting your data. This episode is supported by Treble. This day and age, APIs are a fact of life. And as such, product and engineering teams need tooling that is lightweight, real-time, and data-rich to help them ship and maintain APIs faster. That's where Treble comes in. Treble is an all-in-one platform for the entire API lifecycle. The product offers world-class monitoring and observability, providing more than 40 data points for each request, enabling you to understand everything from performance to user behavior. Dashboards help connecting your entire team for lifecycle collaboration. Documentation is automatically generated, saving massive amounts of time for your development team with every new release. And setting up Treble, super easy and fast. In three simple steps, you can be up and running with their platform. Their pricing is designed to support API teams of all sizes. So get started with Treble today and automate your API ops. Did I mention they have a free forever plan? Find out more by visiting treble.com slash codestory. That's T-R-B-L-L-E dot com slash code story. Okay, so you've got your MVP, you've got your pricing figured out, or at least in, in a, a state where you understand. How did you progress the product from there and mature it? And I think what's interesting about that, what I'm looking for is kind of how you built your roadmap, how you figured out, okay, this is the next most important thing to build or to address with Sequence. We are, first of all, very lucky that we have a highly engaged community. We have, we have the Discord server that, again, that our users started for us. They tell us what they want, why they wanted. The early adopters of Sequence are people that are, they really, like we call them fin geeks, because they really know their finances and they really understand technology. They, re, they really know how to give you the right feedback. They know what they want. I don't need to teach them how to manage their money. They are actually, actually teaching us. So. The vast majority of what we've built, and like, yeah, I mean, like maybe 60 or even 70% of all of everything that we've built came directly from requests that, we, that we've got from our users. We are super lucky to have this kind, of, this kind of group of people around us. And I also think that you need to be able to listen. I mean, so many times I've launched products that I did everything in my power to convince myself why my product is the best. So you're not, you're, you're not hearing what people are telling you. You are hearing what you want to hear. This time, we really, really, really forced ourselves to listen and to understand what they are actually asking for. And, and having like a, like really intelligent users helps. So this will be interesting given you know the, the pivot, and I don't know if it's changed from Lance or if it's still the same sort of focus, but I'm curious about how you're going about building your team. And, and what do you look for in those people to indicate that they're the winning horses to join you? Let me be honest. 
hiring is one of the most complicated and hard things to do. To tell you that I know how to how to hire, I, I, I can't have made many, many mistakes. But what I did learn and what I see that is common to all the people that prove to be amazing, the first thing is ownership. You need people that can take something, a project, and take it from, from A to Z. They can ask for help. Me and my co-founders, we are always here to help them. But I need somebody who is an owner. So this is something extremely important for me. And this is when I talk to, to people that I think of hiring, that's something that I really look for. And I ask them about stuff that they, you know, the project that they manage from A to Z. Maybe more important in the early stages, but we are in the early stages. So for, for us, it's like super important now. The second thing is self-respect. And when I say self-respect, I want people that take pride in themselves and in the, the work that they do. You need to produce things that you are proud of. You put something to the world, even if it's like a LinkedIn post or, or, or just, in, just like a marketing email. You need to be able to be proud of what you are doing. This episode is supported by Terso. Terso is the open source edge database from the creators of LibSQL, the popular fork of SQLite. If you put your edge computing close to your users, like with Netlify or Vassell edge functions or Cloudflare workers, you should put your data there too in order to maximize performance gains at the edge. Terso makes it easy. With a developer experience of SQLite and a distributed database, you can replicate much closer to your users than traditional database offerings in the cloud. Terso's lightweight, easy to use, and free to get started. The team at Terso is offering a generous starter plan specifically for CodeStory listeners. Head over to terso.tech CodeStory and get started today. That's T-U-R-S-O tech slash code store. Terso, welcome to the Data Edge. This episode was automatically optimized by Cast. If you run cloud-native software on AWS, Google Cloud, or Azure, you know how out of hand the bill can get. This uncertainty hurts your business, but you can solve it with Cast AI. Cast AI automates cloud cost, performance, and security management for hundreds of companies of all sizes. The platform's customers begin saving immediately and cut an average of over 60%. So before you go and sign a multi-year contract with a cloud provider or lay people off, check out what Cast AI can do for you. To get you saving even faster, Cast AI is offering a free cloud cost audit with a personal consultation. Visit cast.ai slash codestory to get started. So let's flip to scalability, knowing a little bit about Lance and knowing a little bit about the way that you go about designing. How did you think about scale when you were building the early days of sequence? And are you fighting this as you grow in any sort of capacity? Tell me about that. I think that the fact that we are regulated and we have to comply to banking regulations, moving $1,000 or moving hundred million dollars, the same rails, it's the same technicalities. So in, in the core, core, core value that we give to our users, there's, there's no much difference. You can have 10 users or, or, or a million users. In the core of moving money around, it's the same. What isn't the same, sequence is built of rules. And the rule can be once a month or, or once a week, every Wednesday, go and inquire the balance of my rainy day fund. If it has less than $1,500, because that's what I need for a rainy day, top it up to $1,500. Making sure that you always know 
what is the exact balance in real time to be able to pull it, store it, present it, and make sure that all the data is, is, is synced in real time, that is something that requires a lot of, of work on the back end. Um, and it's the best kind of problem to have because it's my CTO's problem. So he needs to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's very challenging, right? Uh, I mean, technical folks will understand it, like to be able to pull the data and we are pulling data from many different sources through, through many different protocols. And so to be able to fetch it in the right time and present it and allow rules to run based on, on external data sources, it's it's very challenging. And, and like we... was one of the most important things when we started and you really like it's 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 like super stable and fast as you step out on the balcony you look across all that you've built with sequence and and perhaps with lance too what are you most proud of first of all i have to say that, that uh, i'm still in the basement <laughs> in terms of building my company so there's no balcony really what i'm really proud of I'm proud of mostly mostly of my team because it was actually Tom and Oren, my co-founders who really pushed us there was our ability to understand that the, that the, the road that we are taking isn't the right way. The trajectory isn't positive and we need to really look at the truth in the eyes, move and pivot. This is a very difficult decision, especially after you've raised money, you have 30,000 people that are on your platform and you know that you have to move, you know that you're not in the right direction. And this is extremely hard. And that's something that I'm proud of. Let's flip the script a little bit. Tell me about a mistake you made and how you and your team responded to it. I think that a mistake that many people can actually learn from is uh, when we launched Lance, we said, okay, this is a premium product for people who really want to manage their business in the best way possible. We take care of the taxes. We do all the bookkeeping. We take care of like, a bunch of stuff that now they're paying a lot of money for. We launched it and we asked, I think it was like $12 or $15 a month. And no one paid. No one was willing to pay. They saw, they saw a bank account, no idea about the brand. And they were like, why would I do that? I have so many other banks that are not asking me for, for a subscription. What we did was exactly what we shouldn't have done. Just said, okay, let's give, let's give it to them for free because we were also making money every time that they used the card. So we got the interchange fee from using the, the debit card that we gave them. So we said, okay, let's give it for free. But that's a huge mistake, right? Because what you're, what, what you're actually doing is you are not fixing the real problem of the fact that you are not, you are not giving enough value. Like people, like they, they don't see the value, they are not willing to pay, so you're giving it for free. That's like the worst thing that you can do. We gave ourselves discounts, right? We thought about ways to go around it and we, we, we didn't look for the truth. Yeah, and I think that that's something that um, it's super important and it's also very, very hard to do. I mean, like, like we said before, like it's your baby and, and like, you know, you're trying to, it's, and, and no, nobody thinks that his kid is ugly, but some kids are ugly. So, you know, you need, you need, you need to always look sick for the truth. Okay, this will be fun. Given, given its early days with Sequence, what does the future look like for the product and for your team? I think that what's really cool is the fact that we are in a point in time in which there's a place to build a new category for finance. Um, with, you know, with the gap that we talked about before, you know, like the huge gap between people and small business owners and all the different places in which their money lives, there's a huge gap. And in that gap, somebody will come in. Somebody will come in and will become the, you know, like the financial universe or the operating system for people's money. The product or the service that will come in to this huge gap and will own this category and will lead this category will be the banker of 15 years ago. So, so there, there's an opportunity here to build a huge, huge, huge business. And hopefully we will be the ones doing that. 
Okay, Glad, let's switch to you. Who influences the way that you work? Name a person or many persons or something you look up to and why. I actually think that I'm, I'm influenced by many people every day. I think that what really shaped me was the IDF, the, my military service. Where, like, I mean, the biggest thing there, like, well, you learn a lot of things, right? But I think that the biggest thing there was the fact that in six months' time, you're doing things that you were never, you never thought you would be able to do. And this is something that gives you a lot of, a lot of power. It makes you way more courageous. You, you're, you know, you are not afraid of challenges. And you, you already know that you've done things that you thought that you will never be able to do. And so I think that that gives you a lot of like inner confidence, at least for me. So if you could go back to the beginning of sequence, just sequence, what would you do different? Or where would you consider taking a different approach? Could have been something that even worked and worked pretty well, but maybe you tweak it a little bit. I can tell you what, what I'm focused on every day. And I, and I really hope that, that I'm getting it right. And it's exactly what I said before. Always look for the truth. Don't tell yourself a story. Don't make the reality prettier than what it is. If something isn't working, kill it, you know? And if something is working, double down there. Um, I'm sure I'm sure that as we speak, I'm doing things that I, that they that I should have done differently uh, because again, we've just we've just launched sequence. Uh, so, yeah, I mean that's that's my answer. I I don't have like much to look back at. Last question, God. So, you're getting on a plane and you're sitting next to a young entrepreneur who's built the next big thing. They're jazzed about it. They can't wait to show it to the world. They can't wait to show it off to you right there on the plane. What advice do you give them having gone down this road a bit? And maybe it's a couple of things you've already said, but I'm curious. It's a question that many people get asked and everybody gives like amazing answer, like pick the right co-founders. Of course, when, when you look for co-founders, make sure that they are not idiots. You know, that's easy. <laughs> Ask the right question, fall in love with the problem. All those, those things, like they're all true obviously but they are all they are all like consensus and right i think that if i could give a tip and this is something that one of my mentors gave me is that remember that you are always playing chess you need to look at the ball you need to look look at everything you need to understand where somebody can come and attack you from I told the other day somebody that i think that uh, being an, an early stage founder or like founder founder in general it's like playing uh, chess boxing Basically, it's like three, three minutes in the ring and then three minutes of chess. That, that, that's how it feels sometimes. But my point is, always remember that even sometimes it's time to box, you always need to think as, as if you're playing chess. There are many things to think about. Sometimes early stage uh, founders don't think of the cap table or the investor they bring in or, you know, the legal stuff that they, that they are doing or tax related uh, decisions that seem like so not important in the very early stages. Think ahead, think of all the scenarios uh, and don't, don't neglect stuff that look like boring, not sexy, not shiny, you know, so it's, it's a very general, gave a very general uh, advice, but, uh, but I think it's a good one. I think it's fantastic advice. Well, Gliad, thank you for being on the show today and thank you for telling the creation story of Sequence. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. It was amazing. I had fun. And this concludes another chapter of Code Story. Code Story is hosted and produced by Noah Laphart. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcasting app of your choice. And when you get a chance, leave us a review. Both things help us out tremendously. And thanks again for listening.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.